Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. But today is going to be a... I really don't expect you to leave here super excited, um, but I do expect you to leave here challenged, challenged, because this is the deal. When the word of the Lord goes out, how many of you know it doesn't return void, right? How many of you are ready for the word of the Lord today? All right. So let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer, if you would, please. Lord, we thank you so much for today. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's the best. It's the best preacher. Um, you know, we, we, it, it, it goes out and it hits the mark. It is able to divide and work its way through to what I would call the heart of the matter. And God, we have some heart issues in our church. We are a, a work in progress. We are broken people getting better and your word says and it promises that you take us from glory to glory to glory sometimes in that transition of going from glory to glory it's uncomfortable and so lord as we speak about something that nobody ever in the history of time has ever said i am thankful for waiting I pray, Lord, that we would see that there's power in the wait and that we would not that we would not miss out on the opportunities that come during that time of waiting. So, God, I pray that you do for us what I cannot do for us, and that is connect your word with our heart in such a way that it changes us and it transforms us and it. It changes us into your image and your likeness. God, your word says that we are people that are becoming new. Old things pass away and all things become new because of Jesus Christ. And God, I speak that by faith this morning into existence that we may have come here one way, but Lord, let us leave another way in Jesus name. And everybody in the house said Amen. Amen. Are you happy to be here? It's amazing. I thought there might be a few more people in second service just because of the loss of the hour. I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning in a panic. In fact, about 2.30 a.m., I wake my wife up. I'm like, baby, baby, did you change the clocks? And I have no idea why, but my phone read the very same that my microwave read and my stove read. And she's like, what? I said, did you change the clocks? She said, no, but you can if you want. I'm like, babe, I'm trying to find out how much more sleep I've got because because I don't feel like my phone updated, and it hadn't at that time. Isn't it supposed to update at 12? Well, I wish somebody would have told me that. It was probably about 1.45, I'm guessing. 
And uh, yeah, I'm like, babe, hey, never mind. Uh, <laughs> all right, we better pray again. All right. One of the worst things in life is to wait. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had to wait? How many of you would say, man, praise God for the, for the time of waiting? I, I, I've never met anybody that says, man, I just love it. But you know what I have found out is that a lot of people will use waiting like a crutch. Like a crutch. You know, something that assists you in being less than what God this is good it's just hitting me right now this 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 is good something that will assist you in remaining something less than what God has called you to be you know there's time for crutches but sometimes we use statements like a crutch what are you doing man what How's your walk with God? Or, or, you know, hey, there was that time that you said that God was calling you to write a book. And, and you're, hey, how's that all coming along? Well, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting on God, which people will use as an excuse as to why they're not doing what God has called you to do 10 or 15 years ago. Now, listen, I know I'm talking about me, but I also believe that there are some of you that, that, that are like, you know what, already I'm, I'm taking something home because God has spoken to me. He's reminded me that he called me back here to do this thing, and I've not yet done it. God has called me. He's given me several book ideas. And you know, the very first thing that happens whenever I start to go down that road of writing a book is I am quickly reminded that I barely, barely passed English in high school. And, and, then, and then right after that, right after that happens, you know, the, the enemy is like, who do you think you are? Putting, and the enemy is probably me. It's like everything that happens in this six or seven, uh, eight inches. I got a bigger head than most people. But in the space between this ear and this ear, I will talk myself out of why something hasn't been done when I know for a fact that it's not my opinion it's not my dream but it's something come on that God has that God has birthed within me and I just have to believe that there are people where God has spoken clearly to you but you have not gotten off of center and you've remained the same and I'm just saying this that that uh, that that his promises are given without repentance Meaning that even though you may have missed out on the best years that you would say of your life, come on, there are greater things that can happen in these latter years of your life where God is able to make up the difference. Come on, that is prophetic for somebody here this morning. It's an encouraging word saying that, listen, God has not removed that thing from you, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not removed it. Turn to your second choice and say, he's not removed it from you either. All right. We even come up with sayings like good things come to those who wait and we bear we wear it like a badge of honor. And 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 and, you know, we we have all the right language, but but we have the most difficult time literally walking through waiting. I 
am the reason the microwave was invented. I am the reason. What's that cooker? Matthew Johnson. He and Jana. Is Jana here? The air fry in the pot. Like these are brilliant people that take things that you guys, you guys made some corned beef and cabbage. Is that right? And what, and, and, and what takes typically a day or half a day at least, you were enjoying it within a couple short hours, right? And, uh, and Matthew was sharing pictures with everybody. And this morning, everybody's hungry already. And, and, um, and, but but um, we don't like to wait. Waiting is not fun. And we, we associate waiting with something that oftentimes we've done wrong. And I better just stick with my notes because I'm going to preach the message twice if I don't. But, um, but I know this, that some of you guys have been praying for something for a period of time. And it seems like God has been distant. And you would even go as far as to say, God, your word says, ask. And I've been asking And it seems like the more that I ask, the less you're listening. And I really believe that it's possible for people to even come to a place in life where you get frustrated with God. Either that or you think that God is mad or 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 he's just messing with you. You know, I I, this reminds me. I don't know if Ashley, Ashley, my beautiful daughter, Ashley, giving us our second grandbaby here soon. I'm not a cat person, but we bought her a cat because she wanted a cat, and the daughter gets whatever she wants. She's the golden child. She would argue against that, I'm sure, but she is. And so we were really creative with our, with our names of our animals, and um, it was a tabby cat, and so her name was Tabby. And uh, we just we we had to put our our last dog down. Very very sad day for our family. We waited a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, and I just purchased a brand new puppy, a little miniature Schnauzer, that is just beautiful. And we are so creative with names. Her name is Gracie. I met one guy that every dog, even if it was a boy or a girl, didn't matter. The dog's name was Ralph. And then they, they, just put a, they just put a number behind the name so that you would never forget, you know, the dog's name. And poor Gracie, man, we've called her Lacey and Stacy and Racy and, and everything else. And it's the simplest name, Gracie. That's the name of the church, by the way. We get really, 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 you know, far off base. But, uh, but sometimes, you know what I'm saying, we, we can, oh, what I was going to tell you. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm pressed in first service, so I'm just going to be like a crock pot and give you everything second service, okay? Um, but this cat, my daughter's cat, Tabby, this cat literally would, would, would catch mice and wouldn't kill the mouse intentionally, but would play with the mouse so much that the mouse's little heart would just give out and just be like he would give up the ghost and, and, and just die. And then the, the cat would take the mouse to the door and leave it as a present for my wife, Tina, which she loved these kinds of 
these kinds of, of, of presents. But have you ever seen a cat that it's like they're not really interested in killing whatever it is that they're playing with, but they're just playing with it. They're having so much fun and the thing dies. And sometimes we can feel like, God, you are so big and so great and so awesome. But are you just are you playing with me right now? Because I have been doing all that I know to do. I've been trying to be a person of faith. I'm trying to believe. But are you just, are you puffing your chest at me right now? Like, I know for a fact that you are stronger, bigger, greater, smarter, everything than I am. But why don't you just answer my prayer? Why don't you just do what I need you to do? So sometimes we can feel like God is just playing with us. I was in the Philippines for about two years, almost two years. And uh, I, I just joined the Marine Corps. I'd been through about seven or eight months of training leading up to my first duty station in the Marine Corps. And um, in my job, I was an 0311, a rifleman, but our job was to do live jungle patrols around the naval station in Subic Bay. Um, which was one of the stations that were feeding Desert Storm, Desert Shield at that time, all of the ammunition. And so they had a radical Muslim group um, that, that, that had caused a lot of problems. In fact, leading up to me going there, you know, we were, uh, we were shared stories about, you know, servicemen that had gone out in town on liberty and they were assassinated by um, the New People's Army. And so... The idea is this Muslim group, if they were able to get the munitions, all of the rounds, the, I mean, grenades, C4, 1,000-pound bombs, I mean, they had everything out there. If they were to get their hands on this, it would have been a bad day. And so we did live jungle patrols. And so we'd go out in teams of four to six people at a time, and we would be out there for anywhere between three to five days, typically, at the, at the most. And this is triple canopy jungle and very, very rugged and rough terrain. And so we're out there on patrol. We'd been out there for a couple of days and and then all of a sudden Mount Pinatubo, I don't know if you if you heard about that, but Mount Pinatubo had erupted and it's one of the biggest volcanoes that we've had um, in, in our recent history. I mean it was just massive and it was right it was right there. So about high noon, 12 o'clock noon that, that, that ash cloud was coming across so fast, and at, at noon, at high noon, it was pitch black, and, um, and you just couldn't see. You, you couldn't see just because the ash was so thick. You couldn't see because the ash literally removed the light, and so here you are. You're breathing all of this heavy, heavy ash. You can't really get a good breath. It's hot normally in the Philippines at this time of the year. Uh, very, very humid. But now you've got this hot ash that, that, is, that is very heavy. You're breathing it. You can't see. And then when you think that things can't get any worse, they do. The weight of the ash on that triple canopy jungle. Triple canopy is like thick, thick jungle. I mean, just if you were to watch a movie with monkeys and all of those, that's, that's what it was like in this area. And I thought, I really thought this when I first moved there. I was like, oh, the cute monkeys. You learn to hate the monkeys because the monkeys would steal your food and then you would be out on patrol for five days with no food and it makes it, 
you know, a lot worse. And so then stinking monkeys are not that great. Um, and so anyhow, the, the ash is so heavy that, and you can't see, and the trees are falling all massive, huge trees and huge limbs are falling all around you. You can hear them cracking. You can hear the jungle has just completely come alive. Um, uh, uh, monkeys are just going absolutely berserk and crazy because they're panicked just as we are. We're on the radio and we're, we're calling in, hey, listen, this is where we want to go. We wanna, we're, we're at this location. We want to we wanna hike up to... Um, you know, up to this road, and, and would you be able to extract us from this, you know, from this safe point? It's crazy. Things are falling down all over. Well, the radio, because of the ash being so thick, it was just cutting in and out. We could barely hear what they were saying. They could barely hear what we were saying. And so we were left, before it just completely went out, we were left wondering, I wonder if they heard anything that, that, that we said. And the reason why I share this with you is because sometimes we can feel that same way. I mean, we waited there for a little bit and waited there for a little bit. And then all of a sudden we just had to realize once we got to the extraction point that the message didn't come across. And so we had to continue to find our way all the way back, hundreds of clicks back to the the, the guard shack. And it was absolutely crazy. In fact, I just in all honesty... Even today, one of the things that will plague me, one of the things I have to lay hands on my head before I go to sleep at night is being woke up in a panic because of that instance that I was in well over 25 years ago. Isn't it crazy how your mind can just can just take you and suck you back in and you're just like, you know, you can't get your breath and and it's it's just it's just wild. But we had to just make the decision to move on. And I'm just saying this, that when it seems like God is not listening, it doesn't mean that he is absent. In fact, you have to sometimes just speak upon the last thing that was spoken or lean on the last thing that is spoken, which oftentimes is I, Travis, will never leave you nor forsake you. Travis, remember, I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Travis, I realized that, that, that maybe there was a time in my life where you know, a couple weeks ago or last week, it seemed like every, every time you turned a corner, you saw me and I was speaking to you. And it's been weeks since, you've, you know, since you would say that that has happened. But guess what? I'm still here. I'm still present. You have to trust me because I'm working things out. You see, whenever... Whenever it doesn't seem like anything's happening, I want you to know that something is happening. Some of you guys, you, you're really, really good at praying specific prayers. And it can even, it can even be more difficult when you pray specifically and nothing, nothing happens. Like, I'm really good at general prayers. Some of you guys have lists when you pray. Anybody pray lists? I don't write a list for anything. And that's why I miss out on so many good things. I wish I was a list prayer because then you've got it all covered. But see, some of your problems is, is that is that, well, we all got problems. I'm just pointing out maybe one of yours. Maybe your list is too long. Like I remember, I remember 
uh, I remember being a youth pastor. Myself and Pastor Hobby would take a bunch of kids, a couple, couple hundred kids up to McCall for a week of youth camp. And one of the times, and I remember this because Ashley is a list person. I'm picking on Ashley, and I don't even know why. It's because she's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> she's shaking her head. Stop talking about me from the front. One of the days we challenged the kids, listen, you're not even close to being married, but listen, you need to start making a list of the things that you want God to bring you in a husband or in a wife. How many of you know that loves Jesus needs to be at the top of the list? Can I just save you some headache, young people, if you're here? Most of them are, are back in the, uh, in doing their thing. But if you're young or if you think you're young, if you're not even young, but you look at yourself as being young, then take this. The best thing that you can do for yourself is not get tied up with somebody that doesn't even believe in Jesus Christ. You are going to save yourself a tremendous amount of headaches. Right? That needs to make the list. And honestly, it should make the top number one position. You know, what fellowship is there with 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 you that love Jesus and somebody that 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 it, it's not even on their radar right. Well, I will be the one. I we used to call that missionary dating. Uh, how many people have tried to missionary date only to be frustrated? Well, they're kind of coming along. You know, they said God, but you know, their definition of God may be completely different than what your definition is. You understand what I'm saying? Like, listen, you have no business messing around with somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus. You are setting yourself up for failure, and you're setting your kids up for confusion. I'm not saying that God can't do a miracle, but, but don't bank on the miracle. Just do what he said from the beginning. Don't be unequally yoked with somebody. Now, listen, if you're married... I'm not telling you to get a divorce. I know this. Oh, pastor said, shouldn't be. Nope. We haven't been getting along for a while. You know? And if you have gotten a divorce, I'm not beating you up for having a divorce. I'm just saying the next go around, let's be a little bit wiser and not mess with people that don't love Jesus. Well, he's really cute. Well... So anyway, back to my list. I'm, this is going to be a long service. No, it really won't be that long because I'll just skip a bunch of stuff at the end. Um, but back to the list, like the list, some of your list is way too big. You got 30 things. I want to get married and, and he needs to be and he needs to be and uh, 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 lots of money. Yeah, Jesus is up there. Uh, 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 house. Uh, princess. Eight kids. Your list is too long. And you're wondering why you're 72 and you haven't gotten married. And you put the list together when you were 13. It's because your list is too specific. But then others, 
It's like you don't have a long enough list. You're like, I want him to be a man and have a job. Doesn't even matter if it's a good job. Just, and, and so, you know, the person that has 33 things on their list, they're looking at the person that's looking for somebody that's breathing and wondering why they've been so blessed to be married six times and they haven't gotten a chance to get married once. And so there's a place in the middle. There's a place. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a place in the middle. There's a place in the middle, come on, where, where, where we have to have a list. We've got to have some expectation and some things that we're, you know, that we're solid on. I'm so grateful. I remember this. And I'm not even going to call her Ashley, but my daughter. <laughs> she had that list. She pulled out that list whenever she started to, to, to get to know Bo a little bit. And guess what? The things that were essential were on that list. Now, she may have wished that she put other things on the list. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, marriage is not easy for the best of us, right? So the title of my message, <laughs> I got all the way to the title of my message. The title of my message is, I hate the wait. I hate the wait. All right, thousands of years ago, speeding up, talking double time, thousands of years ago, God promised a Messiah. He promised that he was going to send a Savior. Thousands of years ago. So the first thing that came was the promise. Say the promise. And then, essentially, it felt like nothing else happened for a long period of time. The promise comes, and then nothing. The promise comes, and then nothing. And where some of you are saying, hey, man, I can feel it. I've been some promised some things, and, and then it feels like nothing has really transpired or nothing has happened. I want to take you all the way back quickly to the book of Genesis in the garden. God creates everything, creates man, says it's good, looks around, man's needing a little bit more. It's not good for you to be alone, so he creates woman. Whoa, man. And, and creates woman, and they're great. And he says, listen, go be blessed, man. Enjoy everything that I've created for you. It's going to be incredible, awesome. Just don't mess with the tree and eat the fruit from that tree. Don't, don't, even, just, don't even go over there. And listen, like me and like some of you, when God says don't, you have to try it anyways. And that's exactly what happened. He said don't. They did, and then shame, guilt, condemnation. Well, wait a second. My Bible says there's no condemnation, Romans 8, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. God takes our shame, and he takes our guilt. Yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen. He does all of that. But I'm telling you, when I do things that I know I should not do, there is a period of time before I give it to the Lord where there's shame, there's guilt, and there's condemnation. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. The biggest thing that I hate is that how can I be so stupid? This God that has been so good to me that I let him down so hugely again. Right? Shame, guilt, condemnation. And so God looks down. He's like, okay, they're hiding out. You know the story. If you don't, read Genesis. You'll know the whole story. It's incredible. And it's much better than what I'm giving you right now. God has to kill. He has to sacrifice, you know, an animal. And he covers them because they, they realize that they're, that, they're, that they're naked. And then there's a verse in Genesis that is so easily overlooked. Scholars would tell you, 
that this is probably the first prophetic word of the coming of the Messiah. This is found in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. It says this, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. He's talking about Satan here. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Right? So we can fast forward and we can see that when Jesus was born, the seed of the woman, when Jesus was born, the devil tried to kill him, right? And guess what? He died, but he's risen. He rose again on the third day. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Come on, he sits in a position of authority. Come on, a bruised heel, yes, but I'm telling you what, Jesus destroys the work of the devil. And this is really good news for those of you that are really awesome at sinning. You are, you are not good at a lot of things, but you're good at one thing, and that is getting it wrong. You don't want to do it. Your heart doesn't want You don't like how it makes you feel, but you find yourself coming up short. You find yourself coming up short. And I'm just telling you that this is good news because this right here speaks of incredible victory. Right? It, come on. That means that the battle is won. It just ha- it's just got to play out a little bit. Right? The works of the devil have been destroyed by Jesus. Amen. He knows what the end looks like. He knows that his time is short. Right? All right. So, the seed of a woman will crush the serpent's head. That means death is conquered. That means that hell is conquered. That means victory for you. And so I could have picked anything, but I'm just picking uh, in, in, the, in the Old Testament. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So listen. Genesis happens way back here. Fast forward hundreds of years. We come to Isaiah. This is a promise that is given. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth, and you will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Do you realize this prophetic word was given 700 years before Jesus came? 700 years. 700. The promise came before the prophetic word was fulfilled. I'm like, God, give me a week or a month. Don't get my hopes up that, hey, this incredible thing is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, I've done died hundreds of years. And then people are being able Come on, to experience the power of this incredible prophetic word. 700 years. Why tell us it all? Why tell us it all? Well, there's a reason. It's like the, I, I don't know where I heard this, but I, I thought it was really, really cute. It may have been even somebody speaking on a Wednesday night here. A, a father takes his, takes his three boys to the toy store, right? Great place to go if you're a young boy. And uh, he says, listen, go, go throughout the whole store. Pick something that you really, really want. And so, man, they're like, really, Dad? So they go scurrying throughout the, 
throw out the whole store and they're picking stuff up and there's like, oh no, there's something better. And so they put it back and they finally, all three of them come back to the dad and said, dad, here it is. And one by one, the dad picks it up. Oh man, that's awesome. Okay, now go put it back on the shelf. Go put it back on the shelf. Go put it back on the shelf. They're all like just furious. They're like, what? You mean we're not going to take it home with us? You know, what's this all about? And he's like, well, there's two things. At least I know what you want in the future. That helps. But he said, also, I am, I, am, I am raising you up that when you're married years from now, that you will know how to properly window shop with your wives. Now, listen, I don't know if it was the delivery. It's probably the delivery. But I thought that was a whole lot funnier than what you gave me just now. Like, I was cracking up on the inside. You guys gave me a, uh, just like a, oh, that was, yeah, try again. Okay. But it's kind of like that. It's like, God, you give us these promises and all these things, and then all of a sudden we do it, and it doesn't seem like it's really even, it doesn't seem like it's really even working or worth it, and I'm, I'm confused about, you know, the matter. I want you to go ahead and please turn your books to the book of Matthew. It says, Joseph, now this is whenever, this is when the prophecy is being fulfilled, okay? Joseph, son of David, do not fear. This is 700 years after the last verse that I just had read to you. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. That was the prophet that I just read to you in the book of Isaiah. So why the wait? Come on, is God just messing with me like my little cat messed with the, with the mouse? Come on, why the wait? And I'm just telling you this, that while you're waiting, God is working. Always. While you're waiting, he is at work, even when it doesn't feel like it. I think it's interesting between the Old Testament and the New Testament, this period of time is called the intertestamental period. And it's a period of 400 years, 400 years. So before the 400 years, you have God speaking through the prophets all the time. Hey, watch out for this. Hey, do that. Maybe a word of correction or 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 some instruction or some direction. Hey, so there's God's always speaking. And then in this 400 year period, absolutely. Imagine. Imagine your best friend or even your wife or your husband. Come on, you got great conversation. You're talking all the time. You're sharing. And then all have you ever met somebody that's passive aggressive? A passive-aggressive person, like they're not, they don't have the gall to come to you and say, hey, listen, I'm mad at you because you hurt my feelings or you did this or that or the other. All they start doing is slamming cupboards or, 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 or just, you know what I'm saying? They're not saying anything to you with their words. They're saying everything to you with their lack of words or their body language. I never understood this. It's like, listen, why do that? If you're angry, let me know so I can own it or try to make it better or just or just whatever. Or maybe we can argue a little bit about it. I don't know. But bring it up so that we can do something with it. This had to be what these children 
God's people had felt he's talking, he's talking, he's talking, and then all of a sudden, 400 years, nothing. It's like, God, did we do something wrong? Are you mad at us? You know what I'm saying? I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't hear you. Right? It can be a very difficult, a very, very hard time. But I'm telling you, he was still present. And if you feel that way today, God is still present. He is not, he has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed with you. Right? You haven't done anything, you haven't done anything wrong. He constantly is continuing to work out the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Right? Always. That's what God is doing. There's a song that we sing, and I had to write down the lyrics because I didn't know what they were, but it's the song that he's a good, good father. How many of you know that song? How many of you love that song? I'm going to do my best just to sing a little bit of it for you today. Don't throw anything at me. It says, oh, I've seen many searching for answers, both far and wide. But I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word. Come on, sing with me. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm just telling you, man, for some, you know, yeah, I'll sing a song for you, uh, you know, just to remind you of God's absolute goodness. When it doesn't seem like He's paying attention, He is. And we have to not allow our minds to go to a place of thinking anything less than God thinking his best for you. Right. I want you to know that whatever it is that you're facing, I have no clue what you're facing. I can guarantee you I know some of the things that I face in life and and a lot of the things that happen in life you would never sign up for in a thousand years. But here you are. Here you are. Here you are. Let's look at some of the easy things. You're not happy at your job. Feel like you're in a dead end road. Your boss is a real something. You're challenged every single day that you go, you know, to work. But then all of a sudden you start hearing about somebody else that you're familiar with and they've just lost a child and you're just like you know what my job situation is really not that big it's not that big of a deal and then all of a sudden you know you're you, you've lost a child and then somebody else only has weeks you know to live and they you know they maybe their daughter is 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 pregnant with a you, you know, with a with a grandchild and and you might not even you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that stuff happens in life 
And whenever we associate bad things happening, a lot of the times we assume that God is angry with us or he's somehow upset or he doesn't love us anymore or he's just punishing us or just. And I'm just saying this, that he is always good, always good. Amen. Go ahead and turn your Bible, please, to the book of Galatians. i got to speed this up just a little bit. But when the set time had fully come, I want you to just, I wish I would have underlined this, but I didn't. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the set time, the set time is the perfect time, like God coming, the fulfillment of this prophecy, even though it was 700 years before the coming of Jesus in Isaiah, it was the set time. It was the perfect. There was no better time. There was more. No, there, there couldn't have been a more effective time because it was the it was the set time I shared with first service. When my son Tyler, we'll pick on him for just a little bit. He's here. Go ahead and wave to everybody, Tyler. Just let everybody know who you are. All right. Um, They're all three together, so that's good. I'm so happy all my kids are here today. Awesome. Celebrate for me and Tina. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Okay, I'll celebrate. Tyler was born, or he was being born, and I was the only person that I've ever met that about got kicked out of Lamaze class. I was going... With Tina, we were, she was pregnant, and they said, you got to go to this Lamaze class. And so here I am, I'm in a room full of couples, and I was very different than what I am today. Not much, but very. And, um, and, and I look around, and we're all issued one of those balls, uh, uh, an athletic ball. And we're all sitting on the balls, and, and I'm looking around, and people are just kind of rocking back and forth on the balls. And then the lady gets up, and she says, okay, men, this is, this is for you. When your wife is in labor, you're going to have to lead her. You're going to have to coach her through breathing techniques. And so she started saying, these are the proper breathing techniques. And she started saying, okay, men, join in with me. Not you ladies, just the men. I want to make sure the men can get it. And so I'm looking around, and I'm seeing all these dudes rocking on on these balls. And they're just like, and then they start going, they're like, and I, I stinking just lost it. I could not, I could not handle it. This lady was so mad at me. She said, Mr. Turner, if you can't control yourself, you're going to have to leave. Then my wife's elbowing me and she's mad at me. Caused a big old scene in this whole deal. But I'm telling you, that has nothing to do with the story that I'm telling you. I just wanted to tell you. What I'm telling you is, is one of the things that she taught me in Lamaze classes, she said, listen, when it's time, you need to go down, Mr. Turner and all the other men, you need to go down and you need to make a sandwich because you don't know how long you could be there for days. You have no you have no idea how long you're going to be down. Go downstairs and make a sandwich. And so. My wife wakes me up. She's like, oh, it's bad. It's, it's, it's here. It's here. It's here. And so I disappear. She's, 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 I went downstairs and I made a sandwich. And she's, she's upstairs. I hear something. She's making her way down the stairs, but really slow. Like she'd take two steps and she would just, she's like, where are you at? I said, I'm making a sandwich. She said, come on, we got to go. I said, babe, they told us that we got time. 
And she said, pull out your watch. I had a little stopwatch. And she's like, so we would mark it from the end to the next one. And I'm like, this can't be right. This cannot be right. You should be at the hospital by now. She's like, I know. I know. Really don't even know why I'm telling you that story. Other than to give you more information. I guess waiting can work against you. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Number one, let's go ahead and number one. There's always a why behind the wait. There's always a why behind the wait. In this story, this intertestamental period of 400 years, there was a lot of things that were happening that, that weren't even written about in the word, but you can know about later. So Alexander the Great, in a period of 12 years, conquered the known world. When he conquered the known world, everybody started speaking a little bit of Greek. Right. And so now you've got an opportunity to where the the Bible for the first time is written in a language that everybody can understand. Come on. There was also a new method of learning, which was the Socratic method of learning. Instead of it being one person standing up in front of a group of people and saying, listen, this is this is the truth that line it out three points like I'm doing right now. The Socratic method incorporated the ability for you to ask, well, why is that? And, and so for the first time, not only were they given the ability to ask why, but they were encouraged to ask why. And then all of a sudden, not too long, I think about 60 A.D., if I'm correct, I, if I'm not, don't throw a stone at me. But Rome overtakes Greece and now, because there's no wars and there's no battles, now Rome is focused on building roads instead of fighting wars. And so it makes it easy for one person to travel to other places. Oh, and then, by the way, the, the, the Jews are scattered also at this time. And so now you've got a, a, a period of time where it seems like God is doing nothing, where now there's a unified language. The Bible is being written in a, in a, in a language that, that people can read and understand for themselves. They can ask the questions as to why. Why did God? Why did this and that? And, which is a beautiful thing. And it's easy to travel. And I'm just saying that oftentimes when it doesn't seem like God is doing anything, he's doing some of the most incredible things, right? And you may not see it now, but I promise you hindsight 2020 has a, an incredible way of showing you the why and exposing the why. It's kind of like those pictures I was talking with Pastor Javi before the service, and we were talking about those pictures that that it just looks like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, like, like just like, this isn't even good art. It looks terrible. You know, it's just, but then all of a sudden you begin to focus on a point in the picture, and then something three-dimensional jumps out at you, and now you can see this beautiful flower or a dinosaur or just whatever. I don't know what those are called, but, but I'm just saying that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there and it's not hap- happening, and sometimes it can even be just a matter of your focus. Once again, have you ever prayed for something in your in your life and then you were only thankful that God didn't answer the prayer? Come on, somebody. Amen. So a couple of stories of people 
waiting in the Bible. Abraham and Sarah, they waited 25 years to hold their son Isaac. Joseph had a vision of, of leading and, and doing incredible things 13 years before he was able to step into that. And oh, by the way, most of those years were in prison. There was a woman with the issue of blood 12 years before. Come on, she got her relief. She got her healing. She went to the finest physicians that money could buy. There was a man for 38 years that was lame before Jesus comes along and says, hey, listen, pick up your bed and walk. There was a woman in the church that we had come from um, over, in, over in Caldwell that prayed for about 25 years for her husband to come to church and to give his heart to Jesus. And do you know this, that 25 years later, he came and gave his heart to Jesus. I'm telling you what, that there's powerful things that happen in the way, and I want to encourage you, don't waste it. Don't waste your weight. Don't waste it by getting negative. Don't waste it by discouraging somebody else, Right? Come on, use your weight and, and, and allow faith to rise up in your, in, your, in, your, in your weight. Come on, think about it. While you're waiting on the answer, whatever it, meaning the answer is, come on, how about you just celebrate and you just like worship God because you know it's coming? How about you just lift your hands instead of opening your mouth and complaining about it? How about you just lift your hands and say, God, I know that you're in control and I know that you know things that I don't even know about. Right. That person that wants to get married so bad. The reason why you might not be married yet is because God's taken the, his brokenness and he's turning it into a wholeness so that whenever he asks you to marry him, he's going to be ready and you're not going to have to go through years of heartache until he gets it figured out. Right. But what about this? It's always easier talking Jay about somebody else. Right. Oh, yeah. It's got to be that other person. But what about what if it's me that God's waiting on? What if it's you that God's waiting on? Right? We don't really like to talk about that. Well, you just don't understand. God gave me this idea of a business. You know, I've had this incredible business plan and an idea all these years, and it's just going to make tons of money, and I'm going to be able to support the church and send people on missions and, and just, just all these incredible things. But God is not opening those doors of opportunities, and nobody's looking, and I don't got enough money to do it by myself. Nobody will invest in it. But this is a, a bang-up plan. Good things are going to happen. Well, guess what? What if it's you that's not ready? What if God has you in that place that he has you right now so that you could learn some things, right? Like, how about this, that the, that the customer is always important. We live in a day and a time where the customer used to always be right, and now he's never right. If it doesn't make good business sense, you're not going to take it on the chin. What, what if the Lord's showing you the importance of a customer? What if the Lord's showing you the importance of service? What if God is showing you how to buy so that you don't buy inappropriately and have this crazy overhead that you're never going to be able to get out from underneath? What if God is showing you how to be a good leader because you're serving under a bad one? Don't tell anybody you're serving under a bad one. Serve the bad one well. You know, I learned this a long time ago, that the, in, the most influential person in the room is not the guy always with the title, 
Like you can be a leader, come on, from the, from the back of the classroom because people are paying attention to what you're doing, how you're acting, what you're saying, how you're carrying on. Even when everybody else is complaining, you're not entering into that nonsense. Like, listen, if you are a backbiter, if you are somebody that, that, that's always, come on, your mouth's always going, you don't go to the person to say it to them, but you'll say it to everybody else. Stop it, because God's not pleased with it. But guess what? I'm going to take it a step further. If you're somebody that gives ear to that because you want to know the latest gossip and the latest stuff, then you stop it because you're just as bad as the guy that can't shut his mouth. Right? I'm telling you, it matters how you conduct yourself. You may be in a terrible environment, but God is saying, listen, I cannot give him his own business until he understands the importance of supporting somebody that he doesn't even necessarily get along with, that he doesn't really have. And if it's that bad, leave. Go find another job that you can, that you can enjoy. But I have a tendency to believe that a lot of times the problem rests right here. I'm not pointing at you, but what if the problem's right here? What if my negative attitude is the issue? God's got to get it worked out inside of you before he's ever going to bless you because God always does something in you before he does something for you or through you. That's a point. I'm not even going to put it up yet. What if the thing is right here? Like he's teaching you how to lead. Maybe it's you that needs the work. Maybe the Lord's just showing you how important good help is because you're surrounded by a bunch of people that don't want to work. And so whenever he's revealing things to you, Travis, when I give you that business, don't just hire anybody that's got a heartbeat. Hire the right people. Do you know how many people I was I was thinking about this in this town? I am an, I'm an observant person. When I go into a business, I'm paying attention. I can tell you there's three businesses in this town, in Rupert, small little Rupert, Idaho. And no, I'm not going to tell you who they are. But I'm telling you, in this town, there are three businesses. They got the wrong person in the wrong seat. Like, there is one person that I'm thinking about has no business ever, ever, ever talking to a customer like it, she he she whoever she is is the worst person to have at the at the front office and i'm thinking to myself man this is this is your business this is this is the reflection of who you are in this person is somebody just not do, do they not care about you as a business owner that they're just not Telling you that this is the wrong person because it's terrible. And, and guess what? I'm not one to chatter and talk, but you hear other people. Oh, yeah, she's a, he's a whoever she is or he is, is a real gem. Like, listen, if you're paying attention to it, then they're probably paying attention to it as well. I got to get off of these little things that I got going on. All right. Let, I'm going to fast forward. Let's go to Second Peter here real quick. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. 
Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. I just want you to know that God has been patient with me as I know he was patient with you. And there was a prophetic word that God gave me first service. I'm going to give it to you in second service as well. This is for somebody that means that if he's patient with me and he's patient with you, then that also means that he's patient with your son or your daughter that that might not be where you would like them to be in life right now. I'm just telling you this. I love this. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Like a lot of the reason why he doesn't do things quickly is because he is being gracious and merciful. Amen. The only reason why he hasn't returned, I believe, is because he's being gracious and merciful because there are those that are that are that are to come into um, relationship with him. And um, and I just I absolutely love that. And so I'm going to encourage you in closing. Keep asking, keep believing, keep growing, keep pursuing. And while you're waiting, trust God and just worship him. Now, listen. This is this is this is my closing remarks. Um, I'm going to end every single message with this in this the missing piece series. There's no way that you can do what I've asked you to do or what I've shown you. God desires of you to do without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Right. Like we cannot get up tomorrow and just say, you know, what? I'm just going to have more peace and. And, and I'm going to enjoy the wait like the wait is going to be awesome. To, I can't even wait until the next time that I get a wait. You understand what I'm saying? Like that, this, it, it, it's not going to happen. But what will happen is as you trust in the Lord with all your heart and as you lean not upon your own understanding, but in every way acknowledge him, he will make your path straight. Right. As you are able to do that, as you are able, come on, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Come on, then you'll begin to see the hand of God begin to move in your life. When you will remind yourself that God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Right. You begin to you begin to hate the weight, but you're like, you know what? I'm reminding myself. I'm reminding myself of the promise. I'm reminding myself. I'm reminding myself of what God did back here. I'm reminding myself again. He showed up here. I'm reminding myself that, you know what? He's going to show up in this situation because he's never let me down ever, 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 ever. He's never come up short. Right. So when you do that, then you can work through the weight. You can make the most of the weight. But guess what? You can't do it unless you know him. And you might be here today. Like somebody, you might be here today and you were raised in church. And everybody's like, oh, man, that's so awesome. You were raised in church. What a great legacy you were raised in church. But what if you were raised in the church, come on, where somebody was hurt where something was done wrong and just kind of swept under the rug and, you know, we don't want to give the church a black eye. And come on, things like that happen. But then also there are things in church that happens where you don't understand it all. Like I know some pastors and I've been faced with some situations where I've had to make a tough call, but don't have the liberty to share why the call was made. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I'm the bad person because I somehow did somebody wrong. But I can't even tell you why, because 
because that's not your business. But I take it on the chin. People get hurt in church all the time, don't they? Just raise your hand just real quick if you know anybody that's ever been hurt in church. So maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I've kind of drifted away because of some of the imperfections. And you're going to never find a loss for imperfections in the church. They're always going to be there. We're a bunch of imperfect people, right? But God gives us incredible counsel on what to do with the issues. You know what the problem is? We just don't follow the instruction on what to do when there's issues. That's a whole other message. I'm going to get off base here again. But all I'm saying is, is that, listen, if you don't know the Lord, there's no way you can implement what it is that I'm asking you to do, or at least not even asking you, but I'm saying, listen, this is what would please God. This is what God desires. You can't do it. You can't get up and be good enough. You, you, you can't set your, set your focus and, and just begin to walk it out. You can't navigate through it. You need the power and the presence of a holy God in your life. And that only comes by one way. There's only one way to the Father, and it's Jesus. It's not through Muhammad. It's not through Buddha. It's not through being good enough. It's not through giving enough money. It's not through serving, you know, more than the next guy. There's only one thing that, see, Christianity is different from every other religion. Every other religion is works-based. You know, if I'm good, then the favor of God is on my life. But when I'm bad, God removes his favor from my life. I need to give more, serve more, go more, do more, work more. That's what the world religion is. But Jesus and Christianity is all about him pursuing the broken. You don't go after him. He comes after you. He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And he doesn't wait for you to get your act together. He just he pursues you knowing that you got a broken leg, knowing that he's going to have to he's going to have to nurse you back, knowing that it's going to take time. Right. It's the only it's the only religion where God pursues man. Every other world religion is quite opposite. Right. And so I'm telling you, the Lord is pursuing you and you're one decision away today from being empowered with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. He says, I will give, I will put my spirit within you to empower you. Come on, to do what I've called you to do. You can't do it on your own. You need the Lord. And that comes one way and one way only. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I receive you. I believe that you are the only begotten of the Father, not one of many, the only begotten of the Father. You were born of a virgin. You lived a sinless, a perfect life. You died on a cross willfully. Nobody hung you there. You did it. He said, I lay my down willfully so that if you believe in me, that you will live. He did so. He rose again on the third day. Over the 40 days, he, he appeared to so many people, even Thomas. He says, Lord, if that's you, let me put my fingers in the holes that are in your hand. Great that you get a chance to do this and believe, Thomas, by, by physically putting your, your fingers in these holes. But even greater is the one that believes without having to see. Right? He's talking about you. 
But the power and the work of the Holy Spirit is moving in this place even, even right now and reminding you that whatever this crazy guy is that's saying up front, and he shouts too much. But what he is saying is absolutely true. He says, listen, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. What was the promise? It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's Christ in you, God in you, the hope of all glory. Acts chapter 2, read about it. They were, they were infilled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to be empowered by the Spirit of God to do things that they could not do before. And 3,000 were added to the church that day. Go wait for the promise. Jesus said, I go to the Father to prepare a place for you, that where I am, that you might be there also. Listen, that's heaven. That's God's plan for your life, and you're not going to go there unless you know him. If you don't have if you don't know him, then he doesn't know you. If you deny him before people, then he will deny you before the Father. Not everybody that dies goes to heaven. What a terrible thing that would be. I didn't believe in him. I didn't want anything to do with him. And now he's forcing me to spend all time and eternity with him. He's not going to do that. But if you're like me, I spend a lot of time pushing God away, pushing God away, pushing God away. And I'm just thankful that Something terrible didn't happen while I was pushing him away, but his grace and his mercy, just like that scripture. Like he's not impatient just to be mean. He's impatient, or he, he, you know what I'm saying. I'm getting all my stuff mixed up. Will you receive him today? Will you receive him? Well, how do I do that? You confess him with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. You say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. Will you please save me? Will you fill me with your spirit? Will you be the, the Lord of my life, which means the boss of my life? Yeah, that means that your life is no longer your own. It's been purchased with an incredible price. It doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to him. But I'm telling you, this is when your life really takes meaning. And if you've been half-stepping, meaning you believe in God, well, guess what? The demons even believe and they, and they tremble. It doesn't mean that just because you believe there's a God that you're serving him. God is calling you up. He is calling you up. He wants your heart. He wants to utilize you. He is preparing a people, a remnant of people that are not going to that, that are not going to fall down just like the prophets of Baal and Asherah. You know, there were so many of them that did not bow a knee. And I'm just telling you, God is creating a people that are saying, listen, he's calling us to come out from the places where we've been messing around. He's coming out. He says, come out from there. I've got a plan for you. I've got something special that I'm going to do in and through your life. And guess what? Your surrender means that other people are going to come to know Jesus. On the mission field, planting churches, evangelizing this community, going wherever it is that he calls us to go, praying for people, being an example, being a Christian businessman or a businesswoman. How many of you know we need more Christians in politics? It's one of the biggest problems with our, with our nation is we've, we, for a, the longest time, there was no area, no room for Christians to serve in politics. And I'm just saying that, that we need people that are God-fearing people making some, we need lawyers, we need, we need, we need, we need, we need, we need people that are filled with the Spirit of God. Come on, being influential. Will you surrender to him today?
If you need to make a decision, whether it be the first time or the hundredth time, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand right where you are. Awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Oh, I love that. I love that precious little girl. Anybody else? Up top. God bless you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Make a decision right now. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Awesome. Thank you, young lady. So good. All right, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to make this prayer your own in your own way. Lord, I thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, for dying on that cross for me that I may live and have life abundantly. God, I surrender my life to you right now. I know I've been living it for myself, but God, I give it to you in Jesus' name. I do believe that you were the only begotten of the Father, that you lived a sinless life, were born of a virgin. As the Holy Spirit came on Mary, she was, she was uh, given the God seed. And, and so, Jesus, when you were born, you were, you were fully God and fully man. You lived a perfect life, did not sin even one time. A lot of crazy things being talked about you, Jesus, but you were sinless. You were perfect in all ways. You died on a cross that anybody that would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. Today, Lord, I say I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life, Lord. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the ability, God, to do what you've called me to do and be what you've called me to be. God, I surrender to you right now. And I surrender to your ways. And I say, yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, listen, if you prayed that prayer, there's a table out there. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a next step table. You need to stop by the table. We need, to, we need to know who you are so that we can walk with you. If you don't have a Bible, I'll buy you a Bible, right? We got to talk about getting, getting back. There's just a lot of things. So just go to the table. <laughs> and that will help me to stay in connection with you. And we're going to get through this together. How many of you know we're better together? Amen. All right. God bless you. I love you all. Thank you so much. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.